Welcome to the You Don't Own the Lake podcast. My name is Brian Andreka, owner and full-time fishing guide of Kansas Angling Experience Guide Service. Join me here once a week as well as on the YouTube channel with special guests to discuss a wide variety of topics in the fishing world from Kansas fishing to baits to presentations, boats, electronics, and just general all-around talking. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and hope you enjoy the episode. Give me a test, Spencer. Give me a test. in your mouth. Test one, two. Yep. Picking up. Did it We're pick up my up. strong alpha voice? Yeah. As long as I'm looking directly ahead. Might have to turn this to the side. I'm I'm an eye contact person. Okay. Yeah. We can do whatever we want because this is my podcast and I own the lake. That's true. And we're here. We're really doing it. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to another episode on the You Don't Own the Lake podcast. We have another special guest, and he's here live in the Kansas Angling Experience studio. We have Mr. Spencer Bauer, aka River Certified, and I am shamelessly plugging his YouTube channel and his brand because last time we fished together was two years ago, almost two years. Well, it was a year and a half year ago. year and a half, yeah. November, and he was nice enough to send me a hoodie. So if you guys like the River Certified merch... I'll shameless plug the merch too, because I love the city. And I'll shamelessly plug that there's going to be a variety of new merchandise coming out on the website. That's amazing. Jackets. I like River jackets. Certified Jackets. Carhartt stocking caps. I like those too. Um, What was I going to say? I don't know. Because we're live and we're doing this so formal, I, I feel like I don't really need some sort of structured outline of what we have to talk about, which I think is the best part of a podcast, but you go with what you feel, man. I mean, I had Clayton Schick on the, did you, did you oh, listen I, to the Clayton? Schick I'm a podcast? fan. Like I'm on here, but I'm also a fan. That's I like that. Well, yeah. lot, what long I've listened to every one of them. Well, they're only going to get better. <clears throat> That's man. up for a debate right now. <laughs> or they're going to get worse. I feel like after the, uh, the mean comments reading, I hope that the wheels didn't fall off on that one, but you I, haven't even heard that. I haven't one watched yet. that or watched one, yeah. that one. Yeah. It's just well, that'll we, be tomorrow when I'm on my way to uh, Oklahoma do some catfishing. Yep, which leads us to why Spencer is here in Kansas land and to why take he's, the wipers to Pound Town. We are going to take the wipers to Pound Town tomorrow, but Spencer. I'm not going to tell his whole story, but he is originally from Iowa, lives in Iowa. He he was making his way south because he likes to go south a lot, and he hit me up, and we wanted to fish together. And so we're going to do that, and he's going to continue his journey south. Um, so I guess what's the plan after that, after you leave Kansas tomorrow? Flatheads. Flatheads. Well, I mean, there'll be some blues interjected in there, hopefully tomorrow on top of that. But the ultimate goal of the whole trip is to drive as far south as it takes to catch a flathead. Which I feel like right now is really early because when Josh and I were scrambling, which I'll get into the story kind of as we get into the podcast as well. When Josh was here last week, and if for you guys that are listening, we're talking about Josh, Josh PP, Josh Pig Patrol. That's my new favorite name. For <laughs> I'm stealing that. <laughs> Josh PP. Because I he, he calls me River Dickhead. He does. And R-D. I can't think of any good, like my mind doesn't work that way. But I'm glad yours does. So it, well, it's mostly just because, like, when I was uh, when he did his actual podcast the week before he came down here, the folder that I saved all his podcast stuff to is Josh PP, 
And then I kept looking at it, and I'm like, wow, that's really funny. That will carry on. I like that. Yeah, that will carry on. <laughs> Poor Josh. But, um, yeah, so Spencer and I were going to do, uh, he's going to come out with one of my clients on a guide trip tomorrow because he always uh, fishes by himself. Cast at the front of the boat. Yeah. No, that's a Josh PP move. Oh, sorry. That is a Josh PP move. But we'll save that discussion for when Josh is here to defend himself. Well, I don't think even if he was here, he would defend himself. He would just. But I just want to watch him squirm. Yeah. And he's not here for that to happen. I wish I had my phone accessible so we could FaceTime. We we may still FaceTime him after we're done. That would be a fun FaceTime. Mm -hmm. Because it'll be after witching hour, you know, the baby witching hour, or if you have kids, anyone who's listening that has kids knows about the witching hour between like 630 and eight or nine o'clock when there's bath time and there's bedtime. It's bedtime. Um, I lost my train of thought already. Bummer. But he's going to be out of it because he's already put the kids to bed. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. 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 He won't be coherent enough to defend himself. No. Yeah. Which... Isn't that much different than normal. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for finishing my sentence. But should we break this out now? Spencer was so nice. I brought a present. He had to stop for beer and the liquor store by my house sells these weird sperm looking things. They're made by Krug Man. Yep. And they call them little Kruggies. Little Kruggies. It's some sort of cream liqueur. Lots of cream. In the shape of a sperm. Yep. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people that are going to be watching this podcast that don't like me are going to use this to their advantage. I love it. Get that right in the microphone. We'll open it up. I bet that smells wonderful. (sighs) No, it smells like (laughs) fucking expired milk. That'd be sarcasm in its purest form. It's actually not that bad. It kind of smells like eggnog almost. I don't even like eggnog. Bottoms up, bud. I feel like you oh took God, a fairly substantial awful. drink and there's a lot left in there. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you can put it away and save it for later. It's maybe not the best to mix with an old fashioned, but I will say that it probably tastes like what it looks like. <laughs> I, that's one thing I can that's honestly hard, say. Hard, I don't pro- know. Hard probably. I, on I, that I don't one. know. <laughs> There's some things I know, and there's a lot I don't. So if you guys are in the Lawrence, Kansas area, and you go to Glasshouse Liquor, which I support those guys uh, big time. Cashier was really friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe pass on the little cruggy, crudgy, because these have, these have been there for a long time. And Unless I go there about you're going twice to a week. somebody's house, they're a wonderful <laughs> house, like wonderful <laughs> gift on the way in. We'll put that in the, maybe it'll taste better when it's cold. You know what? Or maybe it won't. Either way. Whether you finish it or not, when you take that picture, that should be next to it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm going to keep the what it came in. I feel like we've spent an uncomfortable amount of time talking about Very the little Cruggy. Very uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> or I wish I could edit that out, but we're just not going to. Good. Anyway, moving on. Um, let's just start with your background. Well, I mean, can we start with why I'm a little angry at you? Yeah. We can, and I still feel really, really bad. Um, no, are we no, talking about? We're not Tucker? going to what you're thinking. Oh, you've had four podcasts. Yeah, and I'm not the first catfish guy on the podcast. No, no, but so and here's I mean, the guy's why, a hammer. 
don't let me don't don't get that part twisted. I understand why you'd have them on the podcast. But when you said you're going to start one and you reached out to me about how to set up your podcast, I'm like, I bet I'll be the first catfishing guy on there. And then like my my hopes and my dreams were just not c- totally crushed because I did enjoy listening to that podcast. And I was like, that son of a bitch. I know. I'm like, now that I could have waited till five bad. or six or seven or whatever it ended up being. But he is, I mean, Adam is a true cat fisherman. Like, he doesn't well, really he's fish a real for guy. much else. He's not like some pansy part-timer like I am. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't. Like, like, I guide two two or three days a week, three days pushing it. This year, it's like pretty much two. And uh, he, like, gets after it, you know, and he puts monsters in the boat. Like, he's putting 100-pounders in the boat. I've never put a 100-pounder in the boat. I've never even seen him. That's because you live in fucking Iowa. That doesn't help. Even though you travel to places that probably have 100 pounds. That's been, but. that's a recent thing. That's actually been probably the last two years where it's been consistent and then dabbling the last five. Yeah. I don't know. I feel okay about the fish that I've caught, but I haven't put 100 pounders in the boat. I don't care if you've been doing it for a long time or not. I know some guys who've been catfishing for a long damn time and doing well in tournament settings. Like they're guys that people are worried about what they're bringing to the scales when tournaments come around. They ain't caught no 100 pounders. Yeah. And he's caught what, three? Yeah. I think he said he had three over 100. Yeah. So that's that's, a lot of 80s and 90s. That's nothing to stump your nose out. So I get it. But the fact remains, I'm still a little. Just a little sting from that. I know, but in my defense, I was, we just happened to be talking and I was trying to stack molt, like five episodes. So, cause I knew how busy I was going to be. Like, I don't need an explanation. The, the, <laughs> I the end result is the end result. I kept talking. <laughs> as far as my background goes, I, I grew up, started fishing with my dad and then started fishing with my grandpa. And I guess the cool thing about that, well, actually the shittiest part, there's like a silver lining to everything, even the, the bullshit. But my, my grandpa had a stroke when he was 42, his first stroke, and that kind of put him on disability. But he would walk everywhere, and that was when I was really young. So he would walk everywhere, and then during the summer when I wasn't in school, I'd go over and my grandparents would watch me while my parents were working. And I would go on walks with my grandpa, and I love fishing from a young age for some reason. I don't know why. It wasn't like I was surrounded by people who love fishing. I just have probably because like it's it. not a team sport, and you can do it by yourself. I played four sports. I was going to say I'm actually talking to the wrong person about. Let's say I've wrestled, yeah, which is an individual sport. But I played football. Mm. I guess track's kind of an individual sport, but I hated track probably because I was slow, and then baseball, but. I would go on walks with my grandpa and he would go on walks to a pond and then we would fish for dirty largemouth out of, out of the pond. Go. But those were some like of the greatest memories because he would, we'd pull up, there was a tree that had a tire around it. Like the tree started growing in the tire. They planted it that way. Nice. So he could sit on the tire and lean his back up against the tree in the shade. Sure. And then I'd catch dirty eight to 12 inch largemouth and. There was one day where I caught one that was probably 18, 19 inches long, and I thought it was the biggest goddamn fish on the planet. Did you want to eat it? Oh, I killed it. Yeah, that's big what time I did. Yep. Yeah, I killed it. That's what we did back them. then. Yep. <laughs> Most, what changed? <laughs> we were just talking about how you. Did you keep that big one that you caught a couple of weeks ago? Big, or, big what? Largemouth. 
Oh no! Remember, I commented that, on that your one shit was off said, limits. That was you know that was I got to fish with Pepper and Pines Pond, and they is that Bill Dance's pond? I mean, it might as well be <laughs> like that. That dude's caught a lot of eight to twelve pounders out of there. So I got to catch a seven ish, six ish. I don't know what it? it was, but it was big bass and. I like how I caught it on a bluegill. That makes me happy. God damn it, man. <laughs> I was hoping you were throwing like a chatterbait or something. No, but no only, I, I caught it on a bluegill. Only I the cut river the tail dickhead off. would, yeah. Yeah, wasn't even- Under like, a bobber? No, a that would have been way more fun. That's we what, just, I got bobbers for tomorrow for the cats, by the way. We're gonna nice. Be, we're going to be catting with some bobbers. Well, I've only got six rod holders, so you figure out whatever no, you want to do. Six, six rod spread's a good one. I'm I, only, basically, I only got four cat rods. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well- I mean, I have, rod, I have rods too. that could almost double as a cat rod, maybe. Yeah. And as, well, you, as long as it, they have room to roam, if it's in the timber, then you probably don't want to bust them out. Yeah, true. But and if, that, we're, if we're in some open area, or you mm-hmm. could, you know, there's spots where you don't have a tree for 50 yards or whatever, you can toss one over yeah. there. I feel, well, the, the my biggest buddy, fish will hit that rod. Yeah, of course he it's will. It's guaranteed. My buddy did tell me, though. Um, in the area that we're going to fish tomorrow, that being around the timber is, is usually better. Yeah. They but like trees. We'll see. We'll see what side scan says, but mm-hmm. anyway, so, so you kind of explained your background and stuff like kid coming up. How old are you? 34. You're 34. Yeah. Oh, I'm 35. Old balls. How about that? <laughs> I'm older than everybody. Josh is like, Josh is hardly even 30. I feel like, but no, he's like 31 or two. I he? know. Well, I mean. It's He'd like be in our age range. Anybody like that. My best, my other best friend is like just turned 30 or something like that. I'm like, God, you're just a kid. One of my, one of the, my buddies who I fish with a lot. Actually, I'm the young pup in the group. So Ryan, he'd be, I want to say 45, but I don't think he's your uh, podcast co-host, right? Yes. Ryan, yep. what's his last name? Tazler. Yeah. Yeah. Taz. He lives in Iowa too, right? Yeah. He we, sounds way more country for living in dude Iowa. i'm way more country than him oh well yeah but like, you're a teacher though, i'm so a you sophisticated have to be a redneck man like <laughs> i told that to my wife and she was pissed she's like you're not a redneck i'm, like, I'm way more redneck than even you understand i like, can attest to that he is very like if you very much if you understood the place where i grew up in in was, boone no i didn't grow up in well boone. you lived in boone you used to live in boone and then you moved to des moines recently right? yeah so but i'm like, from southern iowa you're a city slicker now. I'm from northern Missouri, pretty much. Oh, okay. Oh, touche. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yep. That, yep. Southern Iowa nice. and small town southern Iowa. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I freaking love growing up down there, man. Yeah, like, heck yeah. There was a little creek that ran by the house, and that was a big deal because, you know, I fished in ponds with my grandpa and got a little older and kept fishing in ponds. And the day that I was old enough to go fish the creek by myself was a special day. That is a special yeah. day. So that's where the catfish live. Yep. And the white bass. Oh, yeah. There's a when fun little white bass run up that creek. I love skinny water white bass. I will hopefully be on them. Like, it should time out when I'm done with this trip. I'll go shoot a turkey in the face, and then I'm going to go pound on some crappies and some white bass running up that little creek, maybe mix in some catfish, and hopefully don't fall on my ass walking up and down the sloppy banks, but... Man, I grew up doing that, and that's fun. Well, that that's what I was going to say as our plan Z for tomorrow. Like, if for some reason I just suck so bad at putting you where the blue cats live and where my buddies have caught the blue cats, that mm-hmm. we'll just take the 100-yard little 
you know, probably one and a half foot of water where my boat is barely drafting enough water to be, even be in it. And we'll run up the river and try and catch some whites. Okay. Depending on water. We tent. might do that. Even if we pound on the blue. This, this, this is the same river or well, Creek river, whatever you want to call it, that I caught my 52 pound Buffalo. You caught a 52 pound Buffalo. You haven't seen that video no, or the picture. No. Oh my God. I'm jealous. Well, after we're done with the podcast, I'll show you that video I, on a swim bait in the mouth. The biggest buffalo I ever caught on rod and reel choked a five-inch swim bait, and it was in the back of his throat. He wasn't 52. I think he was 34, so he wasn't what to snub still, your nose I mean, at. But, no. but there's a big difference between 34 and 52, man. Yeah. I mean, the picture is just insane. But this was like this is right when uh, my wife and I started dating, and that's when she... How she, long ago was that? This would have been twenty, like spring of twenty eighteen. Okay, and the uh, no, maybe it was twenty nineteen. So not, not recent, but not a long, long time. Ago. No, it may have. I'd have to go back. I'll look at the video. I mean, the video is on my channel. So if you guys are watching, just search Buffalo on my channel. Big buff. <laughs> because look up, <laughs> look up Brian and the buff. No buff, too <laughs> tough. But uh, no, the water was high, so I could run. I was like, this is in my old boat that was paid for. I was running full tilt, like all the way back to the river. Was every it the day. one that I got to fish out of last time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Illumicraft. Okay. That, I had that one for almost five years. Mm -hmm. um, but no, we would go back there and I had Danny throwing like a flicker shad and she was catching buffalo. I have a picture of her literally holding a buffalo and you know how buffalo smell. So if Danny... I, I think they smell all right by fish standards. Mm, uh, they ain't no northern pike. I would rather everybody glamorizes the northern pike. I would well, lick not a northern Wall pike Earth, or even a fishermen don't glamorize the northern pike. <laughs> it was brutal. But there was like a three week span. The buffaloes are up there in like a foot of water spawn. Just thick. Like you can see their dorsals like little sharks, just like Oh yeah. But you could throw whatever you wanted. I was throwing a, a big swim bait, like a four inch swim bait. Mm -hmm. And every cast just getting crushed and they're they're frustrating from a cat fisherman perspective because oh my God, they go spawn like the same place that catfish go hang out in the spring mm -hmm. uh and when you drive through on side scan oh you're like oh there's really a pile of really big fish over here then you go set up on them and you don't catch shit yep yep <clears throat> yep and i mean they almost look the same it's like seeing buffalo and I've live scoped buffalo before on jigging wraps mm -hmm. and caught them in the mouth. Like when we're talking when times are really tough on a guide trip mm -hmm. and I'm like, but I got buffaloes. Do you, <laughs> do you think you it's easier? Buffaloes? Do you think if you were to guide as many days as you guide and instead of focusing on wipers and white bass and crappies and saugers and whatever, the stuff you do now, and instead focused exclusively on Buffalo, you would have more successful trips or less successful trips? Less. Okay, that's what I would have been. Because it's a time of year thing. Yeah. I know I can go between late March and mid-April and, and be on a them. Buffalo yeah. situation, like in the river. No yeah. matter what the water levels are, like they're going to be there. So that's my argument as well for the hybrids. Because people, you'll hear people say, oh, hybrids are easy to catch. Yeah, do like, it in January. And at ask times, <laughs> hybrids are easy to catch, but can you consistently catch them year round? If I, if I was like, you can have this hundred dollar bill if you go out and catch me a wiper today on just some random day. How many people would be able to do that? Now, my bet is 
majority of those people who say they're easy to catch would not be able to because Mm-mm. when they're there, if you can find them, like yeah, they're they're usually pretty right. Of course, cooperative, but <clears throat> finding them isn't always very easy. No, no, they're ghosts, and that's that's what we were talking about earlier in the garage. Like that's like the blue cats; they're plagic catfish. Yeah, it's especially kind of in, the in the fall. Ass. They're in the channel, in the river channel, mixed in with the wipers, the whites, and the walleyes. Mm-hmm. And I'll make ten casts and catch ten wipers, and on my eleventh cast, I catch a blue, and mm-hmm. they're just there. Yeah. And like. Yeah, unless you get a really They'll thump a lure too, buddy. Dude, I caught two really nice ones, probably close to twenty last year. Mm-hmm. One that was in one of my videos on the channel. Tell that, me about that big flathead you caught. Oh, last what fall. What led up to that? Nothing. Well, we were smallmouth fishing. Okay. Last fall, but what so did he we've, eat then? Square bill. Oh, of course. What do you think? Black and chartreuse. They do. You like watch black- Colton Fish's videos and Josh's videos mm-hmm. where they were catching them in three feet of water on black and chartreuse square bills. Yeah. But we were specifically targeting smallmouth, but I only catch them. I catch big flatheads at the second and a half week of April, like the second week of April and October. So the end of April and October. Yeah. Because when we, so we've had two. Which is generally when I catch most of mine on lures. There you go. Yeah. That's what I'm Not saying. Not the exact time frame, but you, like adjust based on latitude, right? You know, like early May or yeah, early May before they start mowing down live bait. Yep. And I don't know yeah. if it's because the they're scattered fish. and it not as concentrated, so it's harder to target them on bait. So if you're throwing lures, you're it's easier to you know bounce around and cover water. Yeah. I don't know if that's it or if they're just more willing. No, I don't know, man. Because in April it is. Both of the flatheads that we've caught, well, I should say we've been one for two on flatheads over 55 in April. What do you mid-April. mean one for two? Caught one, lost one. Well, how do you know it's over 55 if you lost it? I can't mean, weigh them in the water, bud. Hey, well. <laughs> you're talking to a guy that has <laughs> caught them. Were you talking them. about how you caught that 55 and you're like, we need to get the biologist over here. We got a state record. Dude, no, I thought it was a lake record. <laughs> Whatever. That was what's the lake record? Fifty-five and a half, because oh. no one else has ever registered no. a lake record for flatheads. Well, that negates the bullshit I was trying to throw at you. <laughs> well, it's going to be complete bullshit because when I did that and I did the whole live video situation at the boat ramp, that video got shared like well over a hundred and fifty times, and of course, there's a bunch of fucking Jethros. In the comments saying, well, back in 1908, I caught one that was 80-some pounds on a trot line. And this, you know, oh, we've caught way bigger than that. Well, you'd never registered it. So now well, David Edson from Wichita, my regular customer, has the official lake record old Dave got at him. just over 55 and a half. I'm proud of you, Dave. Caught on a 2.75-inch swim bait and a 3A sounds complete shit VMC moon eye. I thought you said he ate a square bill. Or no, is this a I'm talking. One? I'm talking about the first one that we had uh, three years ago. Okay, um, the first big flathead that I ever caught. See, most of my big flatheads come on swim baits. Yeah. yeah, and this one was purple and chartreuse, and that was on the river channel on the main lake when we were wiper fishing. You, you know how satisfying the thump is when a walleye hits a swim bait. Yes. Yeah. Same as a flathead. No. A walleye vibrates the rod. <laughs> Flathead vibrates your soul. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But 
So that was, and I didn't even catch that 55 and a half, obviously. That was my, my client's fish. And Do you he, fish on your trips with clients? Yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, if there's two people on the boat, yes, but over two, no. And it depends on the bite. If it's a vertical bite, I'm bouncing back and forth from the front to the back, watching everyone screen, you know, coaching people through what to do, especially when it's vertical. Mm -hmm. If it's casting, I'm all in because I feel like me not fishing with clients on a casting bite is doing them a disservice because they're not seeing exactly how I'm doing things. Mm -hmm. And it's so subtle. I could go five for five on fish and those guys are casting the same fish and not catch one. Yeah. But it's so precise. And that, so, that makes me feel a little bit better. The only reason I ask is because majority of the trips that I run as a part-time charter captain uh, are for catfish. Yeah. But I will run some hybrid trips, uh, mainly on the river. And then I'll run a very, very few walleye trips with the preface of this ain't Canada. Yeah. So keep that in mind. And I will cast occasionally to demonstrate technique. Mm -hmm. So you saying that kind of reverberates. We fish them the same, just like you do on the river in your videos. It's just like you get it to bottom and it's a very subtle and slow stroke up. You want it to float and you let it hit bottom and it's a very subtle like stroke up Mm -hmm. and it hits bottom. And 90% of the time you probably don't feel the bite. You just go to lift up and there's mush because they pin it to bottom. Okay. Or when they're really, when the water's warm and they're aggressive, that bait's falling and on, you know, with 10 pound braid, you feel that thump. Oh, I'd love that. Oh my God. I love that. I can't wait. That's what I'm doing in green Bay a week from today. I know I'll be in green Bay feeling that the slack line. I need to get up there. I've talked about it for a while. Do you want to go? Let's call Josh. You can jump in too. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Josh. No, I, I thought about that this last fall. It's like, do I go somewhere up North in April to chase walleyes or do I go down South to chase flatheads? It's like, I really, really like walleyes, but I love flatheads. Yep. I get it. And I don't know, man. And we talk about that thump, that walleye thump, like the flathead thump vibrates the whole John boat, you know, like yeah. it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I love them for the same reason, but it's, it's so, it's the same thing, but it's so different. It is. Yeah, it is. But to go back to that. So, I mean, that was like, that was the first 55 or fish flathead over 55 and that was 2019 or 20 no it was 2020 or 2021 i don't remember i feel like it was april 2021 and then we had another one april 2022 exact same spot exact same bait Mm -hmm. and unfortunately we were too far on the flat off of the river channel so that fish had way more opportunity to go straight for a lot of the brush piles that are over there And I have a video of the whole thing. And like, as soon as that rod made one move and then never moved again, I told the guy, I'm like, that's it. It's over. But the first one, we were in the river channel way far away from the flat casting up to it. When he hooked that fish, number one, he thought he was snagged. So that's the best part of the story. I don't think I've ever told you the story that when that guy hooked that fish for five minutes he thought he was snagged so i walk back there he hands me the rod and i'm doing the like you know mm-hmm. slingshot thing trying to get it off and From i'm the pulling him. like what the hell's that yeah <laughs> he's like he's probably very man, come on what very perplexed you know so then 
I'm like doing that. And then I just start pulling and, you know, just like pulling like this. And as soon as I pull and I come back and the rod stays bowed, then all of a sudden the rod's like, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, wait. And then all of a sudden I see the line. I see my white braid start going like this parallel yep. to the boat. And I'm like, Dave, take the rod. So I immediately go up to the front of the boat, get on the Tarova, and I put it on 10 straight into the river channel mm-hmm. to lead that fish into the channel and get them away from the trees. Yeah. So then I turn my live scope, pull around, and I see so that you fish watch on live scope. <laughs> yeah. And I watch just like doing this the whole time. And he's just going like this straight to bottom in 36 feet of water. Yeah. And I'm like, Dave, whatever happens after this, I, this just, is this just is, hang on, fight him. The best just you hang can, on, you know, and keep pressure on him, and yep. we'll see what happens. And then 15 minutes later, we got that fish in the boat. And this is in my old boat. The beauty of my old craft timeout. Let's take it. We're timing. Go out. down a different direction. Okay. Have you ever heard somebody and I'm into catfishing, so I hear this. I hear these things, but I want to hear if you have and then what your thoughts are. Hear somebody say they fought a catfish on catfish size tackle for two hours. You caught that 55 or whatever it was in 15 minutes on 10 pound braid. 10 pound braid and a seven foot medium spinning rod. Right. I've caught them up to 44 on six pound fluoro in a half hour. And to hear somebody say that they fought a catfish for two hours on catfish quality gear, I'm like, Come on, bro. You don't have to lie to kick it. Were they were they in like nine mile an hour current? I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> That's the only justifiable. Deep, but I've heard it a handful of different times. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I did fight a well, an, another forty four pound flyhead. I fought one this summer for an hour and twenty minutes, but he got into at least ten snags, if not eleven. And he got him out somehow. That's insane. On twenty, that was yeah. on twenty though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I got him out and how he didn't. I'm a Seagar fan. Like, I was a Seagar fan before. Big time. Now I'm a Seagar fanatic Mm -hmm. now after something like that. Yep. Are you talking about braid and fluorocarbon or just their fluorocarbon? Braid uh, and then Seagar fluoro leader. That's all I use. I mean, like, all everything I tie is all Seagar and Vizix leaders. Me too. I don't use the braid. I'm a big suffix guy for braid. Suffix 832. You can't beat it. Yeah. But. I, I guess anyway, all that was to say that was that bite. And then the one we lost, same spot, couldn't do anything. He was in a tree. We tried, they had to break it off, unfortunately. But that one last fall was from with a guy from Germany who comes out with me once every three years because that's how often his wife visits her host family. Okay. That lived up by Perry. Oh, so close. Yeah, close. Yeah. And he smallmouth fish with me three years ago, high water year on Melbourne for two days while he was here. And then he always books two days and it's like, well, why wouldn't you, you came from Germany. Right. Yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't um, book more. I know, but he want, I mean, that's what he loves. Now I got him hooked on smallmouth. I mm-hmm. taught him, uh, how to fish the Ned rig and I learned him. The, the old Ned, Ned. <laughs> learned him. He never learned knew about good. the Ned. He fishes the Ned rig for Euro perch. Oh, sure. And Xander and shit over there now it's i love eric if you're watching eric micken micken i don't know how to pronounce your last name 
He was also a big help with this podcast too, but I love that guy so much. He's a wealth of knowledge. Um, I'll have to send you his podcast. Even he though, has a podcast? Yeah. He talks he about runs Xander a, fishing? He is, dude, he has one of the larger podcasts in Europe. That's pretty badass. With like three or four other guys. And I can't remember what it's called, and it probably wouldn't do you any good because it's not in English. <laughs> oh, I don't speak German. But he's a good follow on Instagram and just that podcast in general. But he was with me that day that I caught that other one over 50 pounds on a square bill with 10 or 12 pound fluorocarbon on the dam on a black and chartreuse KVD hard knock fishing for smallmouth. Mm-hmm. And he has never seen a fish that big. And that day, it was just like, that was, it was a tough day that day. That's the when ne- that stuff happens. Yeah. When, when you go walleye fishing, it's a tough day of walleye fishing. You're like caught one 10 inch walleye, uh, a snagged drum. a carp <laughs> and caught a 25 pound flathead. Yeah. Yeah. That's. But this, that I mean, it was just, but it was so cool to see those two fish side by side, the 55 and a half from three years ago caught on the main lake in the river channel that was very brown. And then the one from, I just posted that picture in a photo comment to somebody, the one that we caught in what a foot and a half water on the dam in the rocks that was gray and black. Yeah. Just to see how they're modeled granite look to chameleon ish. All right. How about this? You take that granite modeled one out of the water and throw it in a mucky mud puddle and it turns shit, turns shit brown in 15 minutes. Big time. Yeah. Just like it's what they do, man. They're cool. I I had a little one in, in an aquarium that was started out six inches and had it from September until, well, it was a whole school year. So September until the end of May and it, it was probably nine, 10 inches by the time yeah. that, that time summer came around and I would mess with him, just like move things around to mm-hmm. see if he'd change color. He, and <laughs> he changed color. And you know what the weird thing was? People talk about catching winter flatheads and you can take this however you want, but this is what I observed. That thing quit eating at Thanksgiving and did not eat anything until the end of spring break. So the third week wow. of March. And that water temp was 70 degrees the whole time. I was going to say, it has, like you, a normal person would think the water cooled down. He's not eating as much. Yep. But with you having said that they, he had a consistent water temp, he still just didn't. But yet there's a big window. So time of day would, could have factored in. And But yeah, like I had these long feeding like tongs mm-hmm. well, tweezers that were like 12, 14 inches yeah. long. And you'd take a crawler and you'd rub it across his nose. He didn't give a shit. Or, <laughs> you know, live shiner, whatever. Yeah. You'd get it by the tail and you flick it in front of him. And I'm like, is he going to die? You know, because the water temp's high and he started getting skinny. Yeah. But I'm like, we'll see what happens. And then came back after spring break and um, put a crawler. I didn't even get close to him. And he zipped out and smoked it. Huh. I'm like, oh, I guess he's he's eating now, but I don't know. There's so many exceptions. Like I had that catfish tournament this weekend. Somebody weighed a 60 pound flathead, <laughs> biggest wow. flathead I've ever seen with my eyes. Yeah, this came out of 45 especially. degree water. <clears throat> yep, that's what I'm saying. And I had one bite that looked a lot like a flathead bite that didn't hook up because I hate circle hooks for flatheads. But that's a different discussion. Uh, I feel like maybe you have to change your hooks. I mean. There's, I feel like there's lots of things. To I feel like I've had this conversation with somebody else about the hooks that you used before. 
about maybe you need to change the circle hooks up. Where it was, it was Guffy. Remember we were talking about Guffy earlier? No. Well, I don't remember he, this. What was the conversation? No. Enlighten me. No, it's not a conversation that we have had. No, but you. you and Guffy. I think he was I saying that you're stuck on the circle hooks that you use, but he was saying that you have to use a, a different kind of circle hook. Oh, to me, sir, every circle hook functions the same. That's what I, that's what I told him at so, the time. I'm like, it, the premise remains the same. Right. The fish turns his head, you reel into the fish and then it's right, right. there. Or blues. All right. Here's my, here's my dilemma. Channel you cast? can tell me whatever you want because I don't know shit about anything. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think. I know enough. I know I I don't know what I don't know. I can't tell you any more than what I think because I don't even know what I know because I get deep <laughs> down into things. But what I've observed, it seems to me that channel cats you can effectively catch them on J hooks or circles about equally as well. And then when it comes to blues, you primarily catch. Like my my hookup rate is probably fifty percent with J hooks on blues, mm-hmm. but it's got to be over ninety percent. So what is the difference circles. between a J hook and a circle hook? Just how they function. So a J hook looks like a J, and a well, the, technically, so it has a longer shank versus no, the shank length doesn't matter. Okay, but it's where the point is relation to the shank. So a J hook, the the point and the shank are parallel. Okay, and then with the circle hook, at least a traditional circle hook, the point and the shank are perpendicular. Right. Yeah. So one rotates where you, or the J functions where you drive that hook point into the fish, the circle Mm -hmm. hook, the fish swallows the whole hook. And as they swim away, the hook rotates in the corner of their mouth. Yep. With blues, that's the circle hooks really effective, like extremely effective. And for whatever reason with flatheads, it's not, doesn't seem to be as effective with me. Like it's not, I don't know. I'd probably say my hookup rates 80%. 70, 80% with the circle hook, but you get so few bites with flatheads that every one you miss just fucking hurts, Yeah, you know? So, <clears throat> but with the J hook, at least what I've found the way I go about it, my hookup rates over 95% with the J. Nice. So it's like, you can't have one, you know, there's no winner take all as far yeah. as the style of hook, which I've been kind of playing around with that. So yeah. if, if I could find a hook that works comparably between the two, to me, that's a win, mm-hmm. and that's that's I don't know. That's my mad scientist project. Right no, now. I I feel the same way to transition kind of into like walleyes when mm-hmm. it comes to slow death hooks versus like a Lindy rig hook, like an octopus hook. Yeah, octopus yeah. hook or a little mosquito hooker or whatever. Mm-hmm. Your to drop where shot hooks. It's just like you don't have to talk to me like I'm a simpleton. I understand why you said hooks, that you okay. were a simpleton though. You yeah, said you were right. just a dumb you're redneck right. from northern Missouri slash southern Iowa. Depends on yeah, if you're talking to me or my wife, she likes to think I'm <laughs> No, it's the same thing though. I mean it all that was to say it's the subtleties in the terminal side of things yeah. that make the biggest difference. And you can play around with those things over time and figure out like this is what works best for me. And this is, these are the findings that I have to back this theory. Well, there's so many things that factor in too. like for the catfishing side of things, there's a lot of people who are big flathead anglers that love circle hooks. And one thing that I've noticed that seems to be a common thread, there's always exceptions, but a common thread is 
the people who like to use circles for flatheads use monofilament fishing line, which there is much more give. Yeah. You know, you're talking 20 to 40% stretch depending on <clears throat> the diameter and brand. A rubber band. Yeah. A literal rubber band. Yeah. So these, I mean, they're, they're probably missing fish they didn't even know were there. Yep. So they're like, oh, my, I have this great hookup rate. And maybe they do. Maybe they actually do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just know I like braid because, you know, honestly, it's selfish reasons. I don't know if it actually improves the the number of fish I catch, but I like fighting a fish on braid. Yep, I do too. Because, you know, you feel every head shake, you know. Yeah. When they turn and move five feet, five feet of line comes off the reel. You know, yep. you, you see all that stuff. and Yep. And yeah. I would agree – and I have, so to just like go back to even the walleye side of things, trolling all of my Gross. rods. Huh? Gross. I know. But it is. <laughs> you a might ne- as well go catfishing. It's a necessary evil. If you're going to go trolling, it's catfishing. It, yeah. It's a necessary evil. But uh, this year is the first year that I have gone from braid, like a 10 pound braid trolling setup to 12 pound big game monofilament. That's a way thicker diameter line. No, it's the same. I mean, it's like almost 10 the same. pound braid is not the same as 12. No, pound it's, mono. it's close though. But that being said, and for those of you who are listening, who are looking for a really in like very, uh, educational piece of information. I'm going to Google this. We Keep have to talk. Talking. We have, no, no, no. I'm not trying to dispel what you just said. Cause you are correct. But as far as dive curves go on the precision trolling app, you, okay, wait, stop looking I'm, at me I'm like skeptic. that. You're I'm not, skeptical no. right now. The, okay. you got a line that's four times the diameter of right. the braid. Right. It has nothing to do with the diameter. It has everything to do with the fact that like where we're trolling, you have the, if you're trolling for walleyes, you may run into a 10 pound wiper. And if you're trolling with braid and a 10 pound wiper hits, there's a very strong chance that even with your drag set correctly with the correct rod that those hooks could pull. So or just bend out entirely. or just bend out. Even I, all my flicker shads and walleye nation creations baits that I use all my Salmo baits that I use, I switch out those hooks for much better hooks, but the hook will never probably bend out. But those, I mean, Think about a 10-pound wiper hitting a trolling bait going 2.2 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Something's got to You know give. what I mean? And lots of times it's their lips. Right. Yeah. And all my trolling rods, are my Fox River trolling rods, are the actions are absolutely perfect. They got some squishiness. To they absorb, do have squish. They're all moderate. Things. That being said, I did transition this year to 12-pound uh, trilene big game XT. Just to increase the squish. Increase the swi- the squish, and for clients who are reeling in a fish, well, the, you mono know I mean? is so forgiving. Who so are forgiving. maybe thinking that it's a fucking tuna? Yeah, and they're just doing before I can even get to them and Dude, say they, like, they're hey, fresh. Don't. They are freshwater tuna. Big wipers are absolutely freshwater tuna. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, I mean, it was easy for me to make that decision this year because I'm rigging all my trolling rods for Green Bay. Uh, to rig Smithwick P10s. Well, if you hook a 32-inch walleye, you might be happy with that Exactly. Stretch. Exactly. So that's why I did suck, that. But mm. For sure. I mean, we're talking walleyes on bait casters, right. so it's not going to be wonderful. Right. 
But all my all my bottom bouncer rods still ten pound braid because that's all about the feel. I They're, will admit, I'm gonna admit some. Everybody talks about how walleyes don't fight worth a shit, and they don't catch but, one over ten pounds and talk to me again. I, I have, <laughs> I know. Um, but what I'm that's gonna get at, at my the thing I'm admitting to is walleyes and and flatheads fight the exact same. Just wow, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Head shake, head shake, dig, dig, mm-hmm. head shake, head shake. Yeah. Like you, you fish a swim bait, you catch a five pound flathead. You're like, oh, I got a nice walleye on here. And then big brown, ugly face pops up. Yeah. Or I've had times where I'm fishing Creek chubs early in the year for flatheads. And you're like, oh, rods bouncing. Probably a small flathead. You reel in like a six pound walleye. <laughs> it great. happens. It happens. What a happy accident. Oh, a delicious like accident. Bob Ross. Yeah. Happy accident. That's one nice thing about flatheads and walleyes is they're both delicious for completely different reasons. So it's a pleasant surprise either direction. It is. We have to get we have to get Josh on the program of flatheads being delicious. I made him ones. eat one two years ago. I know. I, I he he told that story. Yeah. He uh, didn't want to. And I made him. <laughs> It wasn't that hard. It wasn't I feel, like I, I feel the same way about blues. Throat. Like I would love to eat a small blue. And they're delicious. The two the two lakes close to here, um, I feel like they're really close in doing the slot limit. They're mm-hmm. trying to get it on a Milford level to where. All right, this. listen to this idea. Milford used to be really good for big fish. I mean, it kind of still is. You don't. I know the guides out there. They still. I've seen the pictures the last couple days. There, we've had it. We've there's been a few uh, forty to fifty pound fish caught. I don't know, and this is all hearsay. But it seems like that there's a lot more small fish out there than there are big fish than there was once upon a time. That's true. And I just wonder how is that possible though? With you only have a one fish limit over X inches. I just wonder you know if mean? it affected public perception to the point where just people don't keep them out of there anymore. That is true too. I I don't know if it's true. I speculate. I just wonder. You it's know? a and see that's why I'm excited to have um, Craig Johnson on this podcast, and he agreed to do it only after who's, April. Who's when Craig Johnson? Craig Johnson is one of the most longest standing fisheries biologists in the state. He's got a YouTube channel. If you guys are watching, um, he do, I, doesn't really keep it up to date, but he has a lot of old GoPro videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, short of Richard Sanders, who used to be the fisheries biologist here locally yep. in this town, um, who passed away two years ago, unfortunately, mm-hmm. who also is um, Danny's good friend's dad. So and there's connections there. There are very, there are a lot of connections, and I used to talk to Richard Sanders a lot about the wiper stockings in Dislake here locally, um, because they don't publish on the website wiper stockings. I would email him, and he would send me handwritten notes of his wiper findings. That's cool, and I still that's have really those cool. That was super cool. But anyway, all that was to say, Craig Johnson's going to be on here uh, after April, after the walleye spawn, to give me numbers on. Uh, walleye information so he will be another good resource because he's in the milford area it's badass he's doing that and if anybody isn't aware any fisheries biology or biologist who's working in the midwest 
the walleye spawn is like the most hour intensive oh, time yeah. of year. It I is. mean, maybe it's not the most for for them. Maybe they have other busy times, but I know that time frame is really it is. busy. Like they're working eight in the morning until midnight, one o'clock. Yep. And then they wash, rinse, repeat, and do it over again yep. for several days in a row. I, I got the only reason I know is I got to they let me help out one time, which was a really fun experience. In Iwija. Yep. And got to see the walleyes I dream about in person. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is. Well, like we were talking about earlier, like at Hillsdale, just south of Kansas City, when we first moved here and found out that you could go to the marina and watch those guys take the, those walleyes from the nets and seeing these like 30 to 32 inch walleyes mm-hmm. that have probably never been caught ever. Because saw, if they were caught, they would have gone home in a f- fucking five gallon bucket. <laughs> I saw a 28 inch walleye that weighed 30 pounds or 13 pounds. Yeah. That's, I love those fish that like stunt at 28 and they just get tall. He looked like he swallowed a small child. Yep. Or she it would have been, she, she it would have yeah. been a she yep. or they, I don't know. You know how things are these days. I don't think that we deeply. I don't know. Somebody, some people, com- some people have more time to think about that stuff. I read a mean comment. Uh, with Josh last week on our thing that was like, I'm going to sue you because you said he and she and didn't say they, which is my pronoun. And I, I literally commented and I was like, what? Like W W U T like what? And they were like, that's my pronoun. They, you didn't say that. So I'm going to sue you. <laughs> I, I respect, I res- I respect, all of that, but I just thought that that was that was a comment that somebody left on a YouTube That's video an interesting about fish place to come at somebody. <laughs> it um, is interesting, yeah. But to not digress too much, I am excited to have Craig Johnson on. You'll enjoy listening to that one too because he is, as far as fisheries biologists left in the state, the true OG and the best dude that knows. Because I want him to dispel every theory that I have. I want him to tell me that me having clients release walleyes over 21 is a bad idea. I want him to tell me what you're doing, even though it's good for future generations and preserving your resource as a fishing guide is not a good thing. Or I want him to Just tell to me that Just to give you new great. perspectives. Right. You want right. the truth. Because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast or that follow my posts that don't like me. That still obviously what about follow the ones my who post. Sit next to you on a podcast that don't like you. <laughs> who are we talking about here, buddy? Um, me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want that perspective for everyone from someone who has been doing this for probably three or four decades. Sure. To give me those numbers and oh, be like, yeah. but it's all lake dependent. Well, we all speculate on our different things, like. From a catfishing perspective, the slot limit at Milford makes sense where it should improve the overall population of big fish. And from what I've seen through online posts, so it's very informal, not scientific at all, but just the gist. I haven't seen the 50, 60 pounders that at least people aren't advertising them as much. Mm -hmm. And when I went there two years ago, I spent, I think I spent three days on there. Who'd you fish with? Was it Chase? Fish Nolan? with Chase one day yeah. and then fish with he's Josh a, cool a couple dude. different days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chase is cool. Um, and he's got a guide business. Look up Yeah, Chase it's him Nolan and his dad. Business. Two Nolans. 
Yeah, two yeah. Nolans. Two Nolans. Yep. Big shout out to Chase. We never talk, but he comments on my stuff all the time. He's a big supporter. Yeah, I, I texted him. He's the been other around day. a long asked time, him or the other day, like last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 City was bow hunting a lot. Um, yeah, no, he's a super cool dude. But we ran Nolans. into just oodles of little fish, like more fish than I had seen. And did you catch a pie ball? Did you get one? I've never got one out of there. Ryan, that's got a place one. to do it. Ryan got one. Too. Uh, it had been a while ago, four or five years ago. Yeah. Now. That was the last time I ran into big fish out there. We had one day where we got eight that were between 30 and 50, and that was pretty awesome. But anyway, my point being is these are all speculative things, so it would be great to have the stone-cold facts. Yeah. You know, instead of just assuming that these logical regulations would lead to your desired outcome, you have the science to prove that it'll lead to yep. your logical outcome. And granted, they have a lot of, I mean, there's so many different algorithms that you can turn into a program and then create these models yeah. that will project these population dynamics. But uh, to see it come into practice and with somebody who has that experience would be mm-hmm. way cooler. And the numbers behind it too. Just like, well, I mean, you need the numbers to create the models. Right. Well, and I mean, all that being said, it's kind of funny because the numbers mean shit to me because I, so I met, so here we go. Richard Sanders, the fisheries biologist for the lake here locally passed away three years ago. They went without a fisheries biologist for some time. Then they hired Travis who Travis is the one that weighed our 55 and a half pound flathead uh, two years ago or whatever it was, two and a half years ago. And we were excited to meet because he knew who I was. And I, I people know you. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, that was like a situation where in that old Alumacraft that I had, not old, but I mean, my old boat, it had a 55 inch live well on the front. So that flathead that we caught. Seriously? Yeah. You had a flathead or a live well that fit that flathead yes. in the front? Dude, that 175 That's Magnum weird. CS had the best giant. It was like, a, you know, a musky size live well. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. you actually wanted to put one in a box. But I like I told those guys because and I think I mentioned this on a podcast. Yeah, I did. I mentioned it on the Adam Cook podcast where I, I had said I was like, the first time we had a 55 pound flathead in the boat, I thought it look, was 90. Yeah. It looked 90 fool you. to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, keep this fish in the water, in the net, like just let him breathe. I'm going to fill up the live well and we're going to put him in there. And meanwhile, I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to call the state park office and I'm going to get the fisheries biologist number and we're going to have them come out and get the certified scale yeah. and this and that. And like, even though it wasn't like a true giant, that's I mean, a giant. It, it's a, it is a big no, fish. You, you say true giant quotation. That's a, any, any flat. There's so many people on this planet that fish for flatheads. Not that there's so many, but anyway, a large percentage of the people on this planet that fish for flatheads and will never see a 50 pound fish. It's true. But for me, I don't know. I'm just you like, what's dumb is how I'm many biased. people who don't fish for flatheads that catch a 50 pound flathead. Oh, it's me. <laughs> well, you are not alone. <laughs> and now, now I'm two in yeah. or three, two for three. But he had, I mean, we found out so much cool stuff about that fish. When I did that live video on my Facebook page is mm-hmm. like, I was so like hyper 
conscious at that time, thinking of all these questions to ask Travis, like on the live video, how old do you think this fish is realistically? And he's like, well, we've sampled, sampled several from different lakes in the area that we conservatively aged between 28 and 30 years old, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, he's almost as old as you are. Literally. Yeah. And so then we think about that number versus when the lake was, in, or when the river was impounded. That's why I can't butcher a big one. <laughs> you know, think I, about how, I love eating flatheads. Right. I kill a lot of flatheads, but I can't kill a big one. No. that That's what I said to all the people that, I mean, like I said, that video, that live video got shared a lot of times. And people were like, when's the fish fry? We can feed our whole family on that fish. When's the fish fry? That fish has lived that long. Why would you kill it now? I'll let him die on his own terms. That's right. You know, that's right. It ain't my decision to make. Yeah. And there ain't, you know, there ain't nothing wrong with somebody wants to butcher him. If if you catch him. well within their rights. Go for it, you know, but I'm not going to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And that's just my decision. Nope. Because you think about a fish that old. It's not going to taste that good. No, it tastes wonderful. <laughs> it would. I've, it. I've eaten some 30, 40 pound flatheads growing up and they're taste just as good as the, the five pound. Well, head. fuck then my yeah. point's gone. I, every time somebody says that, I just giggle. I'm like, but no. either way, then it, then it comes down to like the sportsman's responsibility. There, there's a handful of conscience. So let's break down the reasons why I wouldn't one. It's old. You know, it's lived a life. It's overcame a pile of odds, and I'm not going to be the one who puts who who puts that fish in the dirt. Like, whatever ends up killing that fish, let it be natural causes. Two, bioaccumulation. Like any heavy metals in the the watershed, they're going to accumulate over time. And a fish that's 28 to 30 years old is eating a lot of things, and it's accumulated a lot of mercury, a lot of lead. Yep. A lot of DDT, you know, yeah. like the list goes on that there's a pile of DDT things. for sure, especially in these lakes down here, the reservoirs that have constant inflows of shit from. I mean, why did the farming? bald eagles almost go extinct? Yeah. It's because yeah. of DDT from the fish that they ate yeah. led to decreased thickness of eggshells and they just couldn't hatch. They couldn't effectively raise. That's a very strong point. So that that's listening. a big one. That's just a personal reason. That's something I keep in mind. And yep. then, uh, I guess I want there to be more big fish, you know, like you, it's hard to catch a 60 if you butcher the forties and fifties, like your odds are going to decrease because that fish has overcame so many odds that sure it might be 28 to 30, but what if it's the one that's 15? Yep. And then that's the one that could reach a hundo Mm -hmm. and give you that, that real shot, a hundred pounder but you just knifed him, so he'll yeah. never get that big. Like, and we're not just talking about flatheads. We're talking about blues. Well, the concept applies that, across the board, but... No, literally, I mean, across all the boards. Yeah, like every single species of fish. Yeah. So that's that's my mindset on how I, I keep... Because I love to eat fish, and I eat a lot of fish, and so I eat a lot of channel cats. I eat a lot of 5 to 10-pound flatheads. I eat a lot of 15 to 20-inch walleyes, and if I kill a hybrid, usually he's in that 15 to 20-inch range, too. Yep. You know, and... I'll kill every white bass. I don't. Give yeah, it. big time. <laughs> My buddy Sam calls them party fish. They are. Pa- I like that. Yeah, you just fill the cooler, fish. and that's your fish fry. Big fish. time. I mean, they they don't live very long. Nope. And the wipers really don't, don't live very long either. So no. that's one thing. You know, uh, an eight pound wiper. That's an old wiper. Yeah, that's why this eight pound wiper, walleye. That's why this wiper right here, that twelve point two pound, mm-hmm. is a skin mount. Yeah. 
because it came from a 175 acre lake. Yeah. That's it's at the end of it. three pounds smaller that was, than my biggest. How many? Three. Well, but you, did you catch yours from the river? Yeah. Yeah. That the river fish, the river wipers are a whole different I mean, animal. Do you have any other excuses? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bourbon. God damn it. <laughs> That's a good excuse. That no. was better than the first one. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. There's just something about wipers that, I mean, what are they going to do when they all, reach All our wipers in the rivers come from our reservoirs. That I know. And that the Kansas State record wiper came from Perry Spillway, 25 and a half pounds. Where do you think that fish came from? The Kansas River. Yeah. He came up through the Kansas River to the Delaware. Or the other way around. No, Perry doesn't have wipers. That Perry has never stocked wipers. Oh, they don't. Nope. So a lot of our wipers that end up at our spillways, it's the other way around. Understandably, it would be the same for the lake here locally, but Perry... They have never stocked wipers in that That's interesting. Lake. Yep. Uh, never stocked walleyes either. Perry only has saugers. Okay. So that's why the Perry Spillway, which is where Josh and I went last week, which and didn't we'll, catch we'll get into that story too. <laughs> well, I mean, n- nobody's pulling water right now. Yeah. So any spillway that's not pulling water is for shit. But that 25 and a half pound wiper, which that guy caught on is there a spook? Oh, I bet that blow up was magnificent. That's not the best part. Uh, Perry Spillway was pulling 1500 CFS from the spillway is it, when he caught that. I mean, is that a lot? Uh, yeah, that's a shitload. So, what's well, that's that just so seems imagine you're fishing a that... spook in basically the Missouri River <laughs> right there at the spillway. But even when rivers are ripping, there's pockets. Sure. Well, but not really at Perry. I mean, the spillways I don't know how here that are sets just up. no. It's a straight. It's a straight shot. But so spillway. you have concrete. There's no. There's no like current seams or breaks short of where the concrete walls are. That's what I was going to say. Where the concrete meets the rock, there's going to mm-hmm. be a break. I have no idea where the guy caught it, but he caught it from the spillway. I mean, if he's working a spook, but even then, like there's. I'm a river guy. There's ways around. No, for you sure. Know, I like, totally. You angle it. it up river. And actually, that's the way to fish a spook and current. So hot tip for anybody. Yeah. You throw up at, throw at a, I don't know, 45 degree angle upstream. And then you work your spook in that way. And yeah, sure, it's going to slide down river. But everything does. And fish that are going to eat that are going to be accustomed to that. Yeah. So but apparently that 25 pounder was because he dude, blew up that spook. That's I, crazy. I... I couldn't even imagine. I've never caught a big one, like a big, big. I've caught tens on top waters, but that's McConaughey type stuff. That's what they do at McConaughey. Yeah, like those guys wait out. God, I want to get out there really bad, but it's so hard for me to drive ten hours. That's a long drive. I mean, like I drive that far for blues because I can't catch them at home. Right. I don't drive ten hours for flatheads. I don't. Well, I am now. I guess (laughs) I was gonna say (laughs) the reason is is because it's too damn cold to catch them at home. That's right. So I'm hoping I can go catch them south. Yeah. But if I can catch it at home, I don't like to drive for it. Yeah. You know, and Big Mac, it'd be sweet to get out there. I know the fishing's phenomenal, but every species that lives there, I can catch it within ten minute drive my house. And I feel like McConaughey is all timing. It's hard to it's hard to like and plan that's the that other trip. thing like where I am at it's all about timing too and there's like little wrinkles and things you know but you only know those because you live there right 
you know, like, okay, hot water's high. I can go here. Water's low. I can go here. Yeah. There's prime conditions, but when it's not prime, there's ways around it. And I only know that because I fish all the freaking time. Well, and I, I mean, I feel like the wiper stuff is all wind driven, especially on McConaughey. But I, it's McConaughey. It's Western Nebraska. When is it not windy? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Let's ask I Josh. just know they have sand. That There's a lot of sand. sand beaches that yep. you can park your camper on. And probably more sand beaches now than ever, considering the low water, mm-hmm. to where guys are putting their boats in from those beaches via tractor i watched a video of that yeah it was, i uh, did too <laughs> who what who was that guy <clears throat> robert field he's got a youtube series called field trips and it's funny you bring that up because i've watched one of his videos in the past i don't know it's been a minute since i watched one of his Is it videos. field trips yeah and that video popped up and i was like oh that looks interesting and yeah they launched their boat using a tractor off yeah. the beach yep and he caught That's like an I eight saw. pounder wiper or walleye walleye yeah and killed it of course he did but it had some deal in it like something was wrong with the meat or what some, mercury no it was like visible i don't know what it, it was some bacterial Weird. or parasitic infection surely it can't be vhs that's just a large no, that'd be a viral thing. vhs is viral oh yeah yep like this right. was something bacterial that or parasitic that affected the meat hmm. and it was visible like you flayed it out and you could see that something was wrong with it and oh weird so he killed it and didn't even get to eat it hmm. great sounds about right yeah just like well, well back to the big flatheads <laughs> that kind of goes with the big walleyes i've i've eaten some seven eight pound walleyes and they taste just as good as the 15 inchers i know that's true. Same I mean, flatheads. I, same deal with flatheads. It's unfortunate reality. Yeah. Like, all you got to do is cut that red meat off, and the white stuff left over is yeah. pretty freaking good. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not. Like on walleyes, it's not red. It's just that. You uh, got a little bit of red meat. It, well, yeah, but it's it's in that pin bone strip. So yeah. you just, you know, basically, you could butterfly it. Yeah, you, know, you cut the pin bones zipper out. It right takes out. everything else with yeah, it, too. For yeah. sure. And but even still, I mean, great. for me, I don't know. Again, when I have Craig Johnson on the podcast, he'll probably be like, guess what? You're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And any 26 and a half to 28 inch walleye, like that one last November or December, mm-hmm. should have kept it. And I'll be sitting there I when can, he calls you a fucking idiot, being like, yeah. Yeah, he is. I don't know, man. <laughs> being from Wisconsin, I could never, I you, could never and probably when will did you never. Move from Wisconsin. Huh? When did you move from Wisconsin? 2000. How old were you? Tw- uh, just about to turn 12. Wisconsin roots go deep. Yeah, big time. If I moved from somewhere when I was 12, I don't know if I'd say I was from there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. When you're from the North Country, it's kind of different. I just, I really hold those like Northern roots really true. Do you think it's founded by your love of the walleye? Do you think the, that... I don't know. I mean, it's maybe, it, I don't know. I mean, I grew up fishing for walleye, but it was not, that's why I love the multi-species act aspect of what I do mm-hmm. because my dad never just, we never went fishing for just one thing. It was always seasonally specific. So it was crappies, walleyes, and we fished a lot of tributaries like the rock river and the wolf river that had saugers too. Yeah. 
I was exposed to Saugers at a very young age. Yeah. But then if the Northerns were going, I wanted to catch Northerns. Well, they're fun. Um, but They're a treat in Iowa. Oh, yeah. Like, you, they're, they're more rare than walleyes are. Yeah. I love every, like, Northerns get such a bad rep, mm-hmm. especially from, like, bass and walleye guys. But I love a big Northern. I mean, that. That one I caught. There's a news article there. I mean, that was from 1996. So that's oh, a yeah. 20 some odd year old mount. The title yes. the title on that one's pretty awesome. Which one? Or, the Young Boy oh, is No yeah. Fish Out of Water. <laughs> young Boy is No Fish Out of Water. Young Angler Battles Northern Pike. But I don't know. It was just the multi-species thing. It's like we had a boat. You know, like a 35-foot charter boat in the Milwaukee Harbor. Mm -hmm. And every weekend, it was trolling for salmon and lake trout and rainbows and steelhead and brown trout. You're saying all these fish. I've seen brown trout. I've never seen any of the other ones. Do you not watch Eric Hadia's videos sometimes? I've seen pictures of them in books and such. Yeah, (laughs) I'm talking talking in real life. Eric's a good dude, and he's going to be on the podcast here soon and may even be a co-host on this podcast permanently. I sent him a random Instagram message. What did you say? About what? Something about doing a YouTube collab. Oh, yeah. Well, he's all about the collabs. He wasn't about mine. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, come on, man. You know you're all... He is now... About the collabs, he wants to do the. Collabs. I'm sure that it didn't show up because. But he, I mean, he lives in uh, West Dallas, which is just a little bit west of Milwaukee, and that's where I grew up was Milwaukee. But I mean, we again had a boat in the Milwaukee Harbor. I was catching. Uh, that's when I got my first exposure to brook trout, little brookies, in the Milwaukee Harbor and perch. That's weird that they'd be in the harbor. No, because well, it's weird to me as a guy who. Didn't grow up in trout country, although Iowa has sleeper trout. Uh-huh. Like people don't talk Big about time. it, but and Nebraska brook, even brook brook trout are native to Iowa. They're yeah. the only native trout to Iowa. And when I think of them, I think of small Iowa streams in the, the northeast part, or what do they call that? The driftless. Yeah, the driftless because yep, it goes up to Wisconsin. Yep, even. Yep. So when I think of brook trout, I think of the driftless small streams. So to hear about them in a great lakes harbor is weird yeah it was i mean and just like the perch yellow perch i mean they get freaky big up there literally i would go and i would catch crayfish from like the in the harbor they would have like the walls you know like i don't know whatever you want to call them just the walls surrounding the harbor like these steel walls and you could there's a name for them but anyway the crayfish you could just see them down there in the gin clear water and we would just put like a little piece of meat or hot dog or whatever. I think that's fun. Catch a crayfish, take them up, pull the meat out of the crayfish, use that as bait for under a bobber, Mm -hmm. literally from the back of our boat in the Harbor, in the slip, catching brook trout and perch. Yeah. Or whatever swam by. That'd be a good time. That's where all of my multi- I'm a bobber dunker, man. I Dude, love bobber fishing. There's nothing more fun. I always tell people this, like especially around the crappie spawn. I hate the crappie spawn. That's why I got a hold of Eric Hadia. It's because oh, I wanted to go fish steelhead. Oh, yeah, and the tributaries. In the tribs, yep, in bobber the tribs. fish him. I'm like, I wonder if he'd be interested in doing a video collab because he, you know, he's we can got make the knowledge. That happen. We can make that happen right now. As soon as Eric sees this video, we'll text. I'll literally FaceTime him after we get off this and say, "Hi, meet Spencer." 
drive up to Milwaukee, but it's all uh, like right now is when you would catch big steelhead in the mm-hmm. trips and big browns. But you can't just go do they that. They call in the channel catfish the steelhead of the Midwest. Really? Is that what I they mean, call I mean, I call it that. Oh. <laughs> can you hand me a bush latte? I can. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really feel like going to make an old fashioned or an old bud, as Josh called him. I'm, really uh, just... I'm good. So, I'm what good is this? Bartender. So, we have. Cause he, so speaking of Ericadia, we have a, that's a rainbow, yeah. rainbow bush latte. I want the walleye ones though. Dirty cat fisherman tells you that it's a rainbow because <laughs> I dream of steelhead. Um, steelhead and rainbow are not the same thing. I mean, right. genetically. <laughs> no, it's a very controversial topic. Well, enlighten me on it because I'm not aware. Cromers, you got the steelhead and the rainbows. That's the extent of my knowledge. Okay. That's the end of the conversation. My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong. Well, you already told me the extent of your knowledge. My my understanding is that steelhead are rainbow trout that lived offshore either, well, in the ocean, because there's controversy, controversy that are they steelhead if they come out of the Great Lakes, mm-hmm. that they're rainbow trout that are offshore and then move into tributaries as chromers yep. and then eventually adopt the rainbow trout colors. Yep. So that's my understanding. It's true. I just wanted you to say it. That was great. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. I like that. I've been looking into it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I jokingly say channel cats are the steelhead of the Midwest, but I fish channel cats drifting bobbers in small streams. I grew up doing that. That was like the my main thing growing up. And I got away from it a little bit because I dove into flatheads more, but there's at least five to 10 times every summer, well, spring and summer where, but more, well... I'll wade streams in the summer when it's hot as shit. And then you take a cooler and tie it to your belt so it floats next to you with your 12-pack in it. <laughs> and you get drunk as shit, walking through the water, drifting bobbers for channel cats, talking trash to your buddies. Freaking good time. That's a lot of work for a channel cat, though, to just, like, cast what, up. What is work? Let it drift down. What is work? And then reel it in. I don't know. It's. I mean, it. I say it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Especially because you, there's times where you just pound them. Like the the day where I caught, like the most channel cats I've ever caught in a single day. And it took a while, but it was a single day. We caught 76. Channels? Actually. All channels? I say we. Um, I think my buddy caught like 10 before he just decided he wanted to drink and watch me reel them in. <laughs> all channels. All channels. And we caught 76 total. Uh, drifting bobbers. I had one rod, he had one rod, and we just drifted bobbers and just took them to pound with what town. bait, though? Started with chunks scrimp? of bluegill. Oh. With what? Scrimp? No. That's Although how scrimp, I catch scrimp will get them. Scrimp will get them. Yeah, scrimp will get it's them. It's hard for me to not eat the scrimps. True. Yeah. But anyway, it was chunk bluegill, and then we ran out of bait, and we chopped up a two-pound channel cat. And they ate and that. And they still ate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the the one that people don't talk about. Catfish is a wonderful bait for catfish. I have a hard... I'm like, I wouldn't butcher a, a giant. Well, of course. But I would butcher a two-pounder yeah. without hesitation. That's funny. I was catching blues on blue cat. Not this... Well, last spring. Yeah, last spring. We couldn't find bait, and we caught 10-pound blue cat, and he became bait, and we caught more blue cats. Well... Just goes to show, I mean, we catch a lot of crappies with crappies in their belly. Sure. 
while I mean, we've been catching uh, probably three or four in the last week walleyes here, little males that were puking up crappies. I posted a picture on my Facebook and Instagram, like probably a 14 and a half inch walleye with a crappie that big. Yeah. Like out of its mouth along with its swim bladder because we're catching them pretty deep right now. Walleyes so. are one species that blows me away the size of food they eat. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, did you see those pictures from last November or December that I posted a lot where, I mean, there was like one in particular, it was a 21 inch walleye and we pulled 15 crappies, no less than two inches out of them. Yeah. I've, I've I had them all, I had all spread out on out. a cutting board. I'm talking the size of prey. Like, Oh yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't matter. I caught a walleye that was probably 20 to 22 inches last winter. And there were white bass in its gut. Yep. The biggest one was five or six inches long. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. No, but it's in the fall and it's fall feed bag. And they're just, Oh, they, it seems like they would rather eat less of bigger stuff yep. than more of little stuff. Yep. And that it's reflects wild. in the lure choices too, mm-hmm. you know, like four or five inches, for as far as your plastics go, talking about plastics, that kind of I kind of drug on to four or five inches a little too long. Um, but yeah, I wish I had four or five inches. We don't have we don't have to talk about it. it's embarrassing <laughs> or anything. But yeah, like that four or five, and I mean, I remember videos of Doug Stangy at Doug I think Stangy. he would have been at Last Mountain Lake throwing like five and six inch swim baits and catching thirty. 32 inch wall. Well, I remember he caught one 28 inch and he's like, Oh, that's a really good average size walleye for the day. I'm like, fuck you, Doug. You that's know? <laughs> funny. Well, that's so that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause Clayton Schick frequently fishes last mountain. Lake. yeah, we talked about that lake in his podcast. Cause I, will, I brought I it listened up to it and it is very, like he said, it's a very tough lake to pattern fish on that. Lake cause there's a lot of people he's not, secretive about what lakes he fishes Mm -hmm. and last mountain lake is a big lake and people ask him all the time i'm i fish last mountain lake all the time what can i do to be better how to pattern these fish and he said it's very tough but it's just funny that doug stangy's just fishing catching these 28 to 32 inch walleye and he reels one like a 28 incher and he's like oh that's a real nice average size fish for the day well that's doug stangy Freaking there's been a lot doug. of there's been a lot of stories about doug stangy that maybe at some point in tell this you podcast what, i'll tell if there's anybody i want to fish with that is famous in the fishing industry it's doug stangy you know what is one thing that i have he heard was about an iowa science teacher was he really before he started working at in fisherman he loves cats I know. You know that's that. how I know he Doug, does. Who Doug he Stangy loves is. cats. If that's it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't even know who he is. <laughs> no, I'm saying he loves cats, not catfish. Oh, well, we were on a wave <laughs> wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yes, he does love channel catfish and, and catfish flatheads and, and blues, but he loves cats. He's a big cat guy. That's I interesting. Forget who tell, I feel like it was. Maybe it was Jason Mitchell when I fished with Jason Mitchell like five years ago. It was like the year before I met Danny that I fished with Jason Mitchell. We did a wiper show here. Did you ever see that? No. No? It's a fun show. Jason Mitchell Outdoors, the wiper show. But I feel like he's the one that told me that he loves cats. He has like seven or eight cats at home. You like what you like. I I love cats. I'm not a cat I have a picture or I have a tattoo of my cats on my arm. 
And you're just talking about Doug Stangy's love for cats. I bet he doesn't have a cat tattoo. I bet he doesn't have yeah. a cat tattoo. But I bet he has like a Rapala X-Rap tattoo or something. Do you? Uh, no. I mean, do, I don't know. Do you have any lure tattoos? Oh, yeah. Dude, I have a daredevil right here. Okay. You know the dare, daredevil? I'm spin. aware of what a daredevil is. And then, the old five of diamonds? Yep. No, I, that's the next one. There's a square bill right there, but yeah. All right, we'll get into this game. You want to hear about how dirty of a catfisherman I am? Actually, this is a good story. So I always said that first client who puts a a flathead over 50 pounds in the boat, whatever it eats, I'm getting it tattooed. Same goes for an 80-pound blue. So this may... Please tell me it's drum. Nope. (laughs) Nope. It would have been... Well, it's good either way. It would have been good with the drum, but it, it was a bullhead. So I, I I love bullheads though. I got you have a bullhead tattoo. I got a bullhead tattoo. Come on, dude! Oh, that is epic. Ten odd at his back, right there. That is. I don't know if you can see it on. Oh, my microphone's in the way. Microphone's in the way. Dude, yeah, the old bullhead. Amazing. I I love bullheads. Got a walleye right there. Yeah. And the flathead in the back. Dude, the bullhead is epic though. That's what I grew up catching in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever caught a channel cat before I caught a bullhead. Trying you know to, what I mean? I don't even remember my first bullhead. I do. Big time. Southern, All the ponds Southern in Iowa, southern there Wisconsin. Very many bullheads. Oh, my God. There's, and the I definitely caught a like, channel cat before I ever caught my first bullhead. I, pff, nope. Never caught a channel cat before I caught a bullhead. That's how I came up. Those brown. But lovely, there's something about... Like you get into northern Iowa, southern Minnesota, Wisconsin. There's a pile of bullheads in that. Big time there is. Oh, yeah. I wonder what the state record Wisconsin bullhead is. Could you imagine like a four-pound bullhead? I dream of it. Yeah, me too. Like, I love those things. Of all the fish that I would like to catch a state record of, I'd say flathead's number one. Probably wipers two. Oh, yeah. Walleye's three. Bullheads four. Do you know what the state records of those are in Iowa? Flathead's 81. Walleye's or wiper is 19 something. Attainable. Walleye's 14.5. It'd be a doozy. That would be a doozy. And then uh, bullhead is 5.8 for the black bullhead. I want to know the years of those. That I can't. Well, I mean, the flathead's 1952. Yeah. It's the oldest. It's the oldest record in iowa is that's a whole other controversial subject is like phasing out the old records all right i'm going to tell you the story of the old record and if it ain't true it should be (laughs) but there was some so it's an old one so rewind to the 1920s or 30s some some old boys took their ford whatever down to the skunk river in southeast iowa and ran some ditty sticks and caught some big old flatheads and threw them in the back of the truck in some bucket or what a big ass bucket of course and they they drank too many beers on the way home and drove their truck into lake ellis by sheraton and that is how flatheads <laughs> ended up in lake ellis come on and then 30 years later joe bays Catches the state record 81 pounder out of Lake Ellis. Oh, God. And there it that stands. Was... If it ain't true, it should be. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Hell yes. That is the most Iwegian story. That kind of sounds Missouri ish, too. 
I love well, that. It's, it's almost like southern a, Iowa, bud. Yeah, big time. That's like a the bucket biology that I always talk about. But it's That's, it's drunk bucket, drunk biology. bucket, <laughs> drunk trucking they, biology. They didn't even try. It was an accident. <laughs> yeah. Shit happens, man. <laughs> Oh, that's fun, and this but the other ones, tastes really good. The other ones, I don't... They're not nearly as exciting as that one. Yeah. But that, I mean, like we always talk about... I say we, like you and I always talk about this all the time, even though we don't. But we, meaning people on the internet, talk about phasing out the old records especially when it comes to muskies and stuff like the there's, ones that were so a lot controversial of on the old records yeah you know the one that survived the scrutiny is the walleye record yeah because there was if you look at the the historic photo of i don't remember the guy's name but he's holding this walleye and it don't look 25 and a half pounds <laughs> but you look at a picture of and I remember reading an article about that where they were talking about hand sizes and the way the hands cocked. I think it was in Outdoor Life. There was like an extensive article that went deep dive into why that fish might not be 25 and a half pounds. Mm-hmm. But then later on, more photos surfaced. I don't know how it came about, but there's a photo of that guy's wife holding that fish. It looks every bit of 25 yeah, and a half pounds. That's it's just how like, that works. It might be 30. Right. Like, it's just goddamn huge. Right. It's like when I have, like, the these last two weeks, especially since spring break, have had a lot of kids in the boat, mm-hmm. like five to 10-year-old sure. kids. Sure. They're holding a seven-pound wiper that looks 14. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just be, like, same premise applies. It's like- But you, you think about, like- You holding your fish and then- my wife danny holding the fish who's half your size and it looks every bit of whatever you say it is my buddy sam great big son bitch he's like 6'8 285 so it's one to be 285 but he's got the frame yeah you know so he won't even hold fish man like (laughs) he'll uh he'll recruit people to hold his fish for pictures to make them <laughs> Just look, to make the, them look the way they should. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even to make them look bigger. It's the way that people can even relate on them. And we went to Spain last fall. And that was one thing I was hoping for was for him to finally catch a freaking catfish that is worth him holding up for a photo. And he caught the biggest catfish over in Spain. Nice. It's like 145. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're the Wells catfish. I was gonna, I I was gonna say Wells, but I didn't want to sound stupid. Well, you are, because I thought that that was. You already sound stupid. I know. Yeah. But I have this podcast, so I can sound smart. You can sound mostly, relatively. Sure. Sure. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, we were in potentially. Spain. We fished Wells. That was a dream trip. We I always thought that off. that was just that was like the eastern, like way eastern thing. I didn't no, think Spain's it was. where it's at. Spain and Italy. Those are the two Italy. That's the, I guess that's what I was getting at. Was well, just like Italy's the directly Italian north ones. of Spain. Right. Yeah. I am geologically geo. Wait. Geographically. Geographically. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm here for you. Bro. I've had a couple of bourbons. I understand. You're I a teacher, and you're, you're more well. I'm a science teacher. That's a, right. Well, not anymore, but I was a science teacher, not a s- social studies. But you're not doing that anymore. No. You're full-time, full-time fisherman. Full-time on the water. Yeah. Just like you. That, well, and that, I guess, to double back to, where are we at now? Almost an hour and a half. Nice. Where I was going to try and circle back to was where you're at now. 
and what you're doing. Because Josh told me the whole thing. He spoiled the surprise that you're not teaching anymore. Because the last time I saw you uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago, you were still teaching, I think. Yeah, it would have been. It was November of 2021. Yeah, I guess I would When you came teaching. on that guy That was the last trip. year I taught. <clears throat> that was the last year. Or maybe I wasn't teaching then. Gosh, everything blends I feel, together. I know. Yeah, tell I me about remember. it. <laughs> tell there me was about a period it. of time I was a teacher, and then there, now there's a period of time I'm not. Yep. And when that began and ended, I don't remember the exact dates. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm full-time, part-time, a lot of things. Like part-time guide, part-time... Well, no longer writing articles for Whisker Seeker and stuff like that anymore. Uh, and then I do YouTube. Yeah. Like YouTube and guiding are my two primary sources of income right now. It's not even so much about like the source of income. It's just about what you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like content creator and doing this, that, and the other. Either way, you're full-time in the outdoor industry and there's nothing else that gets in the way of that besides being a full-time family man too with right. the wife. Right. So trying to sell more t-shirts and jackets <laughs> right here. It's Try- the best hoodie. I've already taken a picture of what this hoodie is or what the material is. And that's what Kansas, the new Kansas Angling experience hoodies are going to be. Cause they're, like they're, I can no longer quality, do spring. Man. Yeah. They're, they're pretty solid. Do you do spring stuff. Teespring. On the YouTube channel? No, I nope. go through some local companies. Yeah. Or, actually, I made a transition to a new company, and it's some guys that I wrestled with in college. Oh, nice. Yeah, it works That's out always good, good to keep it local. And that's like all the stuff when I first started guiding was done through my buddy Jeff here locally in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever YouTube got partnered up with like Spring, it was just so easy to like throw your logo on a hoodie. They ship it. They do everything for yeah, you. Yeah, that's, you that's convenient. It's but, easy, but I'm not about doing the, things the easy way. I know. But the quality I have found out over time is trash. I wondered. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like you think you're getting a cotton poly blend, and then you get you spend money on the samples, and you get them, and they're so inconsistent. Well, so, that's one nice thing about the route that I'm going, because if something comes out wrong, I can walk in and be like, Dustin, this looks like shit. Right. We need to fix this. Yep. And... Dustin's cool. Yeah. And that, I mean, I could, I could do the same thing with Jeff here locally, um, with pride of gumbo, but it's just so hard to say, like, I'm going to spend four grand on merch and then sit on it and then have to ship it. And just for, money. Oh, well, no, I'm talking, I'm not talking about just the money. money. It's, it's not the tomorrow, money, but it's not the money. It's the time, the shipping. I don't have to having do that. to ship it. That's, that's the beautiful thing about the whole deal is I buy it. They fulfill orders. Well, okay. So if Jeff Eaton is listening to this and Jeff, we'll have this conversation probably like tomorrow when I call you or text you, he could probably do that too. Sorry I'm sure for, it'd be the same thing. Sorry for dropping so. those ideas, Jeff. <laughs> Didn't mean to bring that on you. <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm sure it's possible. I'm all about supporting the small local businesses and that, I mean, I mean the same what goes, are you? You're a small local business exactly. just like I am. You know? Yeah. It's the same thing, but like, it's easy on YouTube to have the spring thing because all your products show up. Except below the you video. can't get polyester hooded sun shirts. That's right. 
That's the deal breaker. Like if Teespring did the hooded sun shirts, I would think harder about that. But yeah, I dig the hooded sun. I don't even think that they would be as good. And now that I'm partnered with Sims, I want to have Sims do my merch sure. too. Like have Sims, Sims is quality branded stuff. Because mm-hmm. that that was like the one sponsor that I wanted so bad, and I never reach out to companies for sponsorships. I was like have it happen organically mm-hmm. for the most part. Sims was the one that I did reach out to. Sure. And this year I got them. So, nope. Sims excited. is good stuff. I've never really worn much Sims stuff because it's. It is wildly exp- expensive. More than I want to sure. spend. But. But you get what you pay for. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And I'm cheap. So sometimes I'm cold. That's true. That's why you make the big bucks. So where are we at? We're at an hour and a half here. What else do you want to talk about? We can leave this up to you. We've talked about your background. He was a teacher and he's very smart and he catches catfish and he likes bait. And I don't know about the smart part. Sometimes um, I catch catfish. Let's talk more about where you're going after here. So uh, an hour and a half in and we'll let you know that Spencer and I, we're going to fish tomorrow morning. Um, with a very regular client of mine that fishes with me four times a year, Steve. Um, he always, he, he's literally, I don't think he's ever brought somebody with him in the three or four years that I've been taking him out. Well, you have it's a bigger boat him now too, so it'll feel roomy. It's true. Well, and in mail, I have an even bigger boat. Well, not an even bigger boat, but a little bit more room. But um, Yeah, you so, got the Lund coming. It'd be wider, won't it? Way wider. Mm-hmm. Like, by 26 inches, which in a boat is a lot. Wait, it's going to be 26 inches wider? Mm-hmm. My Crestliner is an 88-inch beam, and the Lund's going to be almost a 100-inch beam. Well, that'd be less than 12 inches then. Hey. <laughs> you said 26. Guy. I'm like, that's absurd. 26. There's no way. 26, 12, but anyway, 18. We're guys. We can, and we're fishermen. Yeah, you're All right. fishermen are liars. Except for you and me, and I'm not so sure about you. Yeah. Same thing. I've been known to stretch the truth on occasion, but generally... No, it's wider, it's deeper, it's Generally, a, it's if a I lung. lie, it's on the other end. Like, it's funny, I edited a video. That's why I got here a little later than I wanted to, because I wanted to finish editing the video. Good. Got her done. you did. And I laughed at myself, because we caught two cats that were ended up weighing seven and a half pounds, and the guy is fishing with Seth, for the tournament, he's like, what do you think that weighs? And I was like, four, five. <laughs> and then we hung out on scale, and I was like, no way is that seven and a half pounds. And yeah. That's how fi- that's how most fishermen would be, but I'm just not good at math. Yeah, I understand. I don't know, 88 versus almost 100. Anyway, what I'm doing after, so we're fishing tomorrow. After we're done fishing, we're going to fish for wipers, and then hopefully we're going to get lots of blue cat slime on your nice carpet. Big time. No, it's aqua traction. We're going to put it on the aqua traction. Oh. Remember? Have you not seen the aqua traction? I haven't been here for two years. God dang it, man. Whatever it is. We'll have to go back out in the garage. Okay. But I have aqua traction. I like looking at boats, so I'm excited about this. But the new Lund is going to have a washdown system in it. So you can come fish anytime you want. Put whatever you want on the floor, and I can just grab a little shoosh. And my next boat will have that. Yeah. Yeah, My next boat. A well worth $600 upgrade big time. 100%. Yeah, so we'll do that, and then I'm going to go down to Oklahoma and fish down in Oklahoma for blue cats the day after, and then probably the day after that, 
on a different lake, and then I'm going to head down to southern Oklahoma, and that's where I hope to start running into flatheads. And it'll hopefully, fingers crossed, everything works out, it'll be a week of flatheads and more flatheads. That'd be like first chance flatheads for everyone down there, wouldn't it? Yeah, they've With been water bite. temps. They've been. Oh, biting. they have been yeah. bitey. Nice. Not like it hasn't gotten good. Good, but I checked the. I have, I have a river app. Good that you can look at the flows of every yeah. gauge in the entire country. Yep. And some of them have water temp sensors on them. Nice. That's even the, more choice for the past week. The water temps on. The Trinity, which is one that I'm going no, to, have been 60 to 70. <laughs> what? Oh, Mike. Well, you'll catch a flathead, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> with we'll those have an opportunity. Temps. You know, like you'll flatheads, have the, the flatheads are, sure. are cat, or flatheads are muskies with whiskers. Big are. time they are. Like they're, <clears throat> you, you don't fish for a species as much as you fish for an individual fish. Right. Like, I feel like wipers, white bass, schooling fish, walleyes, you know, I'm going walleye fishing. I'm going to go catch some walleyes. Right. Whereas you go flathead fishing, you're fishing for a flathead. Yep. That's probably going to be a good one. Any any day that I catch a flathead's a damn good day. Yeah. Yeah. I love them, man. I have a new, after the last three years, when we got our first big one, I have a new appreciation. Channel cats. Well, I should say this. Don't talk shit on the channel cat. No. I love me some channel no. cat. Well, I've been spoiled because I've been ice fishing with Josh PP. Yeah. And have caught and seen channels from 18 to 24 pounds. That's a whole different animal. And well, yes, it is. I should I should say the first big, really big channel that I caught was at Milford. Mm-hmm. And I was smallmouth fishing, and there's a video that's seven or eight years old maybe even older than that on my channel where I thought it was a blue because I was at Milford yeah. and I caught one and it was big. And I'm like, this is a blue, but the internet, thank you, internet <laughs> and YouTube. You're not <laughs> so bad. <laughs> made, made me very well aware that it was a big channel, which is cool, which is more cool than the blue cat for sure. Yeah, exactly. I've never seen the biggest channel I've ever caught as well as seen is 20 pounds. Dude, Josh is almost 24 through the ice last January, not this past no, January. No, timeout. I've seen a 22 through the ice. Still. Josh is the one that we... Not a 24. Dude. I've <laughs> seen a 22 through the ice. Now that... But you, we had, As soon as you said that, that reminded me. Different, totally different. Well, from your home state. It was... Where it came from. Yep. About an hour and a half north of here. Yep. Not too far. No, the one that I saw was oh. from your home state. Oh, from Wisconsin. The one you, where your roots are. Yeah. We've talked about this. Mississippi? Yes. River? No. Oh. No, I'm talking. I don't, I don't want to blow it up on here. Uh, oh. Well, we're all about blowing things up. I don't here. blow things up. I'm ruining the lake. Yeah. You That's own it, so it's fine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all that was to say big kitties. We like big kitties. We're going to try and go get some big ones tomorrow after we hopefully not have a tough day with the wipers because. The wind is nothing, not blowing. Yep. But the water's cold and those fish are hungry. And we're on a sneaky bite where we're going to try and catch those wipers, plant it on the bottom. And I'm going to teach you a new technique. Okay. It's all vertical and it's just, it's like Clayton Schick with Lakers, except way slower to where when you get that 
when you get a fish in front of the bait, you start taking it away from them. But with Lakers, you like reel really fast and try and take it away from them. But you with sent the wipers, me the how-to videos. I did. Oh, yeah. yeah I did forget. I, that, I did my I homework. I did send you. Yeah. yeah. So we'll just, see how that goes. slowly take it away. It's very... You match the mood of the fish. You do. See? Yes. He did watch the videos. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, man. Hell, I might as well have made the videos. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll be a better day than it was a year and a half ago when he came out. We caught fish uh, with clients. Yeah, we caught white bass, but yeah. I love white bass. I feel like white bass. I'll put this on the internet. I'll die on this hill. <laughs> white bass are the most underappreciated game fish that exist in our continent. That's funny that you say that because when Josh was here last week and I was talking to him about that day, he was probably like he he said Spencer was probably like so bummed. Because we just caught white bass that day and big ones too. Like you said, I was bummed. No, you or uh, I was bummed that I wasn't there catching them. Josh with you. thought that you were probably bummed that we just caught white bass that no. day, and it was a tough day. No, I was, after we'd already been on wipers, and then the one day that the wind didn't blow, what do you think happened? We caught white bass. We caught white. And that's bass. fine. I love white bass. I do too. Especially when they're 16 or 17 inches. Yeah. Like, like that's like our river white bass. That's our, like we, I'm, I'm lucky that our river white bass are big. Yeah. And even if they weren't, I still love them. Like they are so under the party fish, right? The party, the party fish. They're they're cooperative if you find them and they taste all right. Pretty dumb. They make a fine fish taco. They make a fine fish fry. They're not a walleye, but they're okay. Um, But they're just fun. Yeah. You know, like when nothing else will go. It saves a tough day. It saves a tough day. They're not a wiper. They're a baby wiper. Yep. So it's like if you like wipers and you don't like white bass, suck it. You know, like you're catching. They're not the same, but they're pretty much the same. Like the miniature version. I love wipers. I love white bass and I'm happy with either. I'm a little bit happier with the wipers just because they're bigger and I like catching big fish. Big time. Yeah, that's it. Like if white bass got 20 pounds, I'd feel the same way about them as I do wipers. Yeah. I'm with you. I have a strong appreciation for early spring and late fall white bass. Yeah. Because they're so long and they're so fat. The spring ones. The creek run white bass. To catch big beefcake white bass out of little dumpy shithole mud creeks yep. that you can damn near jump across in some spots yeah. is a damn good time. And throw like a like a road runner on a six foot light. Like or you don't even rod. have to be a good fisherman. No. <laughs> you know, Ray you Charles could cast catch it and reel a white it bass. in. Cast it and reel it in. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be a little different than that tomorrow. With how we've been fishing, no, we're talking them, about the creek. It's very one. sneaky, yeah. but yeah, the creek ones, the skinny water ones, for sure. Yeah. So I like the dumb ones. Yep. I like dumb fish. We all like dumb fish, but we also like the really smart ones that are also very big, oh. <laughs> like big flatheads and blues. And I, I, I want to catch them all. We're gonna do it. Yep. So with that said, I have to pee so bad, and I'm not gonna get up and do it. Because we're already at an hour and 42 minutes. That's a pretty good one. Good but it's been, we've had some really good talks uh, tonight. So this is one that I've been looking forward to. And I'm really excited that we could do this live. And we were able to have you down yeah. Kansas way. Worked out And good. do it for sure. So we both have big things coming. Spencer, for sure. He's on his way south to do 
big fish things because so. he always does big fish things. <laughs> I hope so. I don't. Not yeah. always. Uh, we all know that you do one way or the other, but it's not just so much the big fish stuff, but Spencer has come so far in his YouTube channel to the production value and everything that he does just from like, and big shout out to his wife too for the time that he's gone or, you know, just like, I'm going to go be and be camping on a sandbar for homeless X amount of time. Literally just a vagabond pretty much or a gypsy. I'll be sleeping in my truck tomorrow. Yeah. 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 It's fine. So we're excited to have Spencer in the Andreka household tonight, the Kansas saying experience headquarters to have him sleep in a nice cozy bed and have a nice meal tonight before he embarks on his journey south. Before we take the wipers to pound town tomorrow morning. Yep. Just keep putting it in the universe because I just wake up every day and have my expectations set way down here unless the wind's blowing and then they're up here. Like you, when Josh was here like I'm week. not a fishing guide. <laughs> well, <laughs> technically I'm, I'm, I'm talking the, to you like you're a client. I I'm, just talk to everyone like I'm, they're the same I'm the person. only captain sitting at the table. That's true. Yeah. I don't need to be a captain, but I hope that soon we will be because KDWP was talking about implementing the uh, guide license back in Kansas, which would be amazing. I would love for them to do that because it would weed out a lot of the shitheads yeah. in the state that, are well, not you don't, worth two you don't need one in Iowa. No, but it's well, but for on like navigable waterways, like on the rivers, like the Missouri River, I think you have to have your six pack. Yeah, no matter what Kansas does, you still got to have your six pack on the mow. Right. Yeah. Big time. And that's why I got it. So I yeah. can run on the mow. I can run down south either on, well, I've been down in Florida this last winter, but I'll, I'm debating I might run them on, in Bama. Yeah. I always wonder where you're at when you're down there. I don't have the boat for it. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. Touche. Yeah. My boat is a wonderful river boat, not a wonderful big water boat. Mm -hmm. Well, just add another one. You got the kayak. You got the jet boat. Now you got to add the third one. I've debated on not running trips in Iowa and only running them down south. That would be fun. And getting a big water boat. I'm all for it, man. I love to see my friends excel and do big stuff because I'm kind of on my way up there too. So when my friends do it, it's even better. And I wish Josh would get a boat of some sort. Even I know. a kayak. Remember when he had that like weird, He's like got... circular thing? It was oh, like yeah. the, he gave it away. <laughs> he told me last week he gave it away, but That's like, awesome. I just remember like, that was like his first, like two or three videos on his channel. Josh he doesn't need a boat. No, he doesn't need a no. boat. That's his shtick is yep. being on the bank, but it would still be fun. The only reason Josh would need a boat is if he really, really wanted a boat, and he doesn't seem no, to. he doesn't. So I say, <laughs> he really doesn't. That's why his friend's like us. Yep, he so. should hop in the boat with us. Exactly. Yep. So we'll cap this one off. Um, thank you guys for sticking around, and uh, obviously thank you to Spencer for coming down and staying with us and doing this podcast. Um well, thanks for having me, bud. That was fun. Yeah. That was a really good talk. We had we probably talked for like an hour before we actually started this podcast. And um I don't think there's anything that really anybody missed, but except for my dog Tucker biting him, which we should probably put some Neosporin on that. Alex. It'll be fine. Shitty. 
poor Spencer. But anyway, again, uh, this is one that I was looking forward to because I had said at some point in this podcast that Spencer's River Certified podcast was the reason why I wanted to start this. I talked to him about this like a year and a half ago. And unfortunately, last year, it just was not in the cards. And so I finally got this going. And now I have nicer shit than he does. And substantially, (laughs) substantially. So I hope this is not, this is obviously not going to be the last time that we have Spencer on the podcast, whether it's live at my house here or if it's remote. Um, and we talk all the time for the most part. So we're just going to keep, keep doing it. Keep having fun. Yep. So we're going to get out tomorrow, see if we can get some of those zebra fish. And then we're going to go out and try and get some, um, some blue cats in my boat from something that I've really never done before on the lake that I got on. But if we're going to do it, I'm a bad influence. No, I think it's a great, I think it's great. Cause people are going to see the video and be like, Oh my God. He's blue cat fishing. What is he doing? And then the phone calls are going to start coming in being like, hey, you want a guide for blue cats? Hey, could you guide me on blue cats? And I'll be like, nope. <laughs> Sorry. And people are going to be like, hey, can you guide me on blue cats? I'm like, we don't have them in central Iowa, but you can call Brian. <laughs> we keep bouncing <laughs> back and forth. Nope. So anyway, thank you guys so much for sticking around on the You Don't Own the Lake podcast. And just remember, you don't own the lake. You don't own the river. I own the river. Yes, you do own the river. <laughs> Someday we'll own a river and a lake. All right, guys. Thanks again for sticking around. Spencer, go follow his river certified YouTube channel and his podcast if you guys don't already. But I feel like if you're watching this, you probably already do. So thanks Thank again, you. buddy. Thank you. Let's drink another beer. Deal. Have some dinner. <laughs>